1: And now, Hebraic Roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International.
0: Shalom. I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries. And we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject Galatians for or against Torah. This is part three of the series. Now in Matthew chapter twenty three verses one and two, Yeshua stated the following Then spake Yeshua to the multitude and to his disciples, saying, The scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. Now what does it mean that they sit in Moses' seat? It means that they are making judgments and interpretations of the Torah. So to sit in the seat of Moses is to make rulings regarding the Torah. We can see this in Exodus in chapter chapter 18 and verses 13 through 16, as it is written. And it came to pass on the morrow that Moses sat to judge the people. That's Moses' seat. And the people stood by Moses from the morning until the evening. And when Moses' father-in-law saw all that he did to the people and said, what is this thing that you do to the people? Why do you sit by yourself alone and all the people stand from morning to evening? And Moses said to his father-in-law, because the people come unto me to inquire of God. And when they have a matter that they need clarification on, they come to me and I judge between one another and I make them to know the statutes of God and his laws and rabbinic Judaism teaches that they sit in the seat of Moses from the Talmud and Rosh Hashanah 25a it is written Rabbi Akiva went to Rabbi Joshua and he said to him I can bring proof from the scripture that whatever Rabban Gamaliel has done that is through his rabbinical court decision is valid or should be followed. He, Rabbi Joshua, then went to Rabbi Doza, son of Harkinus, who said to him, If we call into question, or if we doubt, or we do not follow after the decision of the Beit Din of Rabban Gamaliel, that is the rabbinical court, we must call into question the decisions of every Beit Din which has existed since the days of Moses up to the present time. For it says, Then went up Moses and Aaron and Nadab and Abihu and the seventy of the elders of Israel. Exodus chapter 24, verse 9. And so, did... Yeshua teach that his followers should follow the Pharisees or rabbinical Judaism, because in Matthew chapter twenty-three, verses one through three, at casual reading, it may appear that that is what Yeshua is saying. Let's review these verses. Then spake Yeshua to the multitude and to his disciples, saying, "The scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat." And so, if you read that, that they're sitting in Moses' seat. In and they're doing so validly then you might interpret things one way other than seeing that yeshua is just making a statement that there are a group of people who are taking upon themselves to teach and instruct in the torah which that is sitting in moses seat but then it says in the next verse in matthew chapter 23 verse 3 all therefore whatsoever they bid you observe that observe and do but do not after their works for they say and do not so this seems to say that yeshua is saying to listen to the rulings and the teachings of the rabbis but it is believed that the original gospel of matthew was written in hebrew and it was preserved by a 14th century spanish jew named shem tov and so there's a shem tov hebrew matthew and in a book published entitled the gospel of matthew according to a primitive hebrew text by george howard it contains the text of the shem tov hebrew matthew and now this is referenced in the book the Hebrew Yeshua versus the Greek Jesus by Nehemia Gordon on pages 37 and 38. And so in looking at the Shem Tov Hebrew, this is what it says, translated into English. The Pharisees and the sages sit in the seat of Moses. Therefore, all he says to you, he, that is the Torah, that is Moses, not they. All he says to you diligently do, but according to their reforms, Forms and their precedents, which is rabbinical rulings, do not do because they talk, but they do not do. So Yeshua also stated, continuing on in Matthew chapter 23, that the Pharisees put heavy burdens upon the people. That's their rulings and the additional commandments they give to follow their rulings. So Yeshua says that the scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat, for they bind heavy burdens and grievous to be born, and they lay them on men's shoulders. Now in contrast to the Pharisees, and their interpretation of the Torah, and then what they instruct the people to do, it being heavy, Yeshua said that following his Torah is light, it's easy. In Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30, it is written, come unto me all that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. So we're supposed to learn of Yeshua. What do you learn? What somebody says somebody teaches and regarding what yeshua says or teaches he says my yoke is easy and my burden is light so when he said come unto me all that labor are heavy laden and i will give you rest he was making a reference Back to Jeremiah in chapter 6 and verse 16, which says, Thus says the Lord, stand in the ways and see and ask for the old path, which is the good way, and walk therein, and you will find rest for your souls. So what is finding rest? It's following Yeshua's Torah. And he says it's light. What makes it light that we aren't to follow his Torah with our own wisdom and our own ability that we are to follow his Torah through the help and guidance in the inspiration of his Holy Spirit, which we have and receive by believing in Yeshua as Messiah when we repent of our sins in the new covenant. And so then the Pharisees Then ask a question of Yeshua in Matthew chapter fifteen verses one and two. Then came to Yeshua scribes and Pharisees which were of Jerusalem, saying, Why do your disciples transgress? And now we have the phrase the tradition of the elders. Now the tradition of the elders is not the written Torah. It's not the first five books. The tradition of the elders is the oral Torah, the teaching of the rabbis. So Yeshua did not teach us to disciples to follow after the teachings of the rabbis and their interpretation of the Torah, because it goes on to say, for they wash not their hands when they eat bread. So first we're going to look at and see the meaning of the phrase, the tradition of the fathers and see that it's a reference to the teachings and the interpretation of the Bible by the rabbis. And we can see this from the works of Josephus, Josephus Antiquities 13.10.6, where he explains, the Pharisees have delivered to the people a great many observances by succession from their fathers, which are not written in the law of Moses. And for this reason, it is that the Sadducees reject them and say that we are to esteem those observances to be obligatory, which are in the written word, but not to observe what is derived from the tradition of the fathers. So the tradition of the fathers means to follow the teachings of the Pharisees or the rabbis. And so back to Matthew chapter 15 verses 1 and 2, the Pharisees, these Pharisees were following the teachings of the rabbis and they asked Yeshua why his disciples We're not following the teachings of the rabbis, and specifically that the disciples did not always wash their hands before they ate bread, yet the rabbis taught that you must wash your hands before you eat bread. And so if your hands are dirty, that may be a good idea. But is it a biblical commandment that you must 100% all the time wash your hands before you eat? No, there's nothing in the written text, but the rabbis teach that you must do this before you eat bread. We find this in the Torah anthology to Deuteronomy volume 17 page. Page 32 where it says ritual washing of both hands before a meal containing bread is mandatory in pharisaic rabbinic judaism even if one's hands are spotless clean yeshua said that following rabbinic judaism is vain worship of him in matthew chapter 15 verse 3 but he answered and said why do you transgress the commandment of god meaning the written commandment of god by your tradition by your oral law interpretation so then yeshua gave an example how through their interpretation they were violating the heart of following the written commandment and then he followed up by saying in matthew Chapter 15, verse 9, in vain they worship me. And so these Pharisees didn't believe that Yeshua is the Messiah, but Yeshua said, in vain they're worshiping Him. And so, how could Yeshua make the claim that they were in vain worshiping Him when they didn't even believe that He's the Messiah? Well, because He gave the Torah at Mount Sinai. And when they're not following the Torah properly by listening to the one that gave the Torah, that is Yeshua, and instead, they're following the interpretation of the rabbis that then is the vain following of the Torah the vain worship of him who gave the Torah that rabbinic Judaism the rabbis teach for doctrines the commandments of men referring to the oral Torah and then Yeshua went on to state therefore that uncleanness is trying to follow the oral teachings of the rabbis with an evil heart. So how did Yeshua ultimately answer the question by the Pharisees, why do your disciples transgress the tradition of the elders or they don't follow the oral Torah or the teaching of the rabbis because his disciples do not wash their hands when they eat bread? Well, Yeshua went on to say in Matthew chapter 15 verse 11, it's not that which goes into the mouth that defiles a man, but then in verses 18 and 20, those things which proceed out of the heart is what defiles someone and then he says to eat with unwashed hands that is not following the oral torah is not what defiles a man but it's that which comes forth from the heart that has evil intent, that's where evil comes from. And so now we're going to look at Luke chapter 11, verses 37 through 39, and we can see that Yeshua likewise makes the point that the Pharisees wash their physical hands trying to be clean while their hearts are unclean. So now we see from Luke chapter 11, verses 37 through 39, and as he, Yeshua Yeshua's a certain Pharisee besought him to dine with him, and he went in and sat down to eat. And when the Pharisee saw it, he marveled that Yeshua had not first washed before dinner. Why did he marvel? Because the Pharisee is thinking that the proper way to follow the Torah is by the teachings of the rabbis, and here the Pharisee is assuming that he's sitting with a fellow observant Jew, thinking that he is going to follow the Torah the same as him, thinking that Yeshua is going to wash his hands, before he ate and yeshua didn't wash his hands and so he is astonished and shocked that yeshua did not wash his hands before he ate and so then yeshua made the point and he said to them now do you pharisees make clean the outside of the cup or externally you try to show that your hands are clean and inwardly and then the inward part is full of ravening and wickedness now Yeshua's doctrine or his teachings comes from his father John chapter 7 verse 16 Yeshua answered them and said my doctrine is not mine but is his that sent me John chapter 8 verse 28 then said Yeshua unto them when you have lifted up the son of man then shall you know that I am he and that I do nothing of myself but as my father has taught me I speak these things and so Yeshua's teachings and and his understanding and his authority, he said, comes from his father. He did not look to the rabbis for authority. This is in contrast to to what Moses Maimonides, who lived from 1135 to 1204, said in the introduction to the Mishnah, the document associated with the oral teachings of the rabbis. And Maimonides is one of the leading rabbinical figures that is studied and followed by religious Jews even today. So Maimonides writes, if there are a thousand prophets, all of them of the stature of elijah and elisha giving a certain interpretation of the bible and yet a thousand and one rabbis give the opposite interpretation of elijah or elisha then Maimonides points to exodus chapter 23 verse 2 you shall incline after the majority and the ruling is according to the thousand and one rabbis not according to the thousand highly regarded prophets and Maimonides says that god God did not permit us to learn from the prophets, only from the rabbis, who are men of logic and reason. And so the rabbis teach that God himself must listen to them and their rulings. This is in the Sikta, Rabati, section 3. A person must not say, I will not keep the commandment of the elders because they are not from the Torah. Because the Almighty himself says to such a person, No, my son, rather all that they decree upon you observe, as it is written according to the instructions which they teach you. Deuteronomy chapter 17 verse 11. Even I, the God of Israel, must obey their decree as it is written. You will decree and he will fulfill it. Job chapter 22 verse 28. So, Rabbinic Judaism teaches that when two rabbis have a different opinion regarding the biblical text, that both opinions are valid and from the God of Israel. This is found in the Talmud in Erevin 13b. Rabbi Abba stated the name of Samuel. For three years, there was a dispute between Beit Shammai and Beit Hillel, the two major sects of Pharisaic Judaism in the first century. The former asserting that the Halakha, or the correct interpretation of the Torah, is in agreement with their views, and the latter contending that the Halakha, the correct interpretation of the Torah, is in agreement with our views. Then a bat kol, a heavenly voice, issued announcing the utterances of both are the words of the living God, but the Halakha is in agreement with the rulings of Beit Hillel. So now we're going to see that rabbinical Judaism teaches that their rulings are greater than the voice of heaven from the talmud in baba metzia 59b it has been taught on that day rabbi eliezer brought forward every imaginable argument that they that is the other rabbis did not accept so he said to them if the halakha or the correct interpretation of the torah agrees with me let this carib tree prove it thereupon the carob tree was torn a hundred cubits out of its place others say 400 cubits but the other the rabbi said, No proof can be brought from a carob tree. Again, he said to them, If the halakha, or the correct interpretation of the Torah, agrees with me, let the stream of water prove it, whereupon the stream of water flowed backward. And the other rabbi said, No proof can be brought from a stream of water. Again, Rabbi Eliezer said to them, If the halakha, or the correct interpretation of the Torah, agrees with me, let it be proof from heaven itself, whereupon a heavenly voice cried out, Why do you dispute with Rabbi Eliezer, seeing that in all matters the halakha agrees with him. But Rabbi Joshua arose and exclaimed, It is not in heaven. What did he mean by this? Said Rabbi Jeremiah that the Torah had already been given at Mount Sinai. And so therefore, we pay no attention to a heavenly voice, or what the God of Israel says. Because you have long since written in the Torah at Mount Sinai, after the majority of the rabbis, one must incline or accept their rulings. And that itself is not what the written text says. It's there or interpretation. And so then let's summarize what is the Torah of the rabbis. The oral Torah or the Talmud in the teachings and the interpretations of the rabbis are superior and they supersede the written text. And you're not to listen to the prophets in the Bible, even if they are correct, if it doesn't agree with the rabbis. Number three, you're not to listen to a heavenly voice if it disagrees with the rabbis. And number four, the God of Israel himself must listen to the teaching of the rabbis. Now, we're told, in john chapter 11 verse 45 that following yeshua resurrecting lazarus from the dead there were jews who witnessed this and they became believers in yeshua as the messiah then many of the jews which came to mary and had seen the things which yeshua did believed on him the next verse john chapter 11 verse 46 but some of them went their ways to the pharisees and told them what things yeshua had done and they gathered the chief priests and the pharisees a council. They had a rabbi's meeting and they said, what should we do? John chapter 11, verse 48. If we let him alone, if we let Yeshua do the things that he does, all men will believe on him. And what's the consequences when people believe on him? Then the Romans will come and take away both our place and our nation. So the rabbis of the first century, the Pharisees, were concerned that if the Jewish people believed in Yeshua, given that he did did not teach his disciples to follow the teachings of the rabbis that the rabbis will lose their place in authority over the people and that the people would no longer regard them as religious authorities regarding biblical matters. And so then this is going to conclude our teaching, and in doing so, before we can even understand the things that Paul is trying to explain in the book of Galatians, which we will begin to do in part two, Of the teaching, we need to have a background of Paul's world in the first century, wherein there was a debate in the first century that Yeshua was a part of with his disciples, that Paul ended up being a part of as well, not only in his personal life that he had to deal with it, but then after he became a believer in Yeshua as the Messiah on the road to Damascus in Acts chapter 9, he dealt with this issue in his letters. And we're going to examine what he said in the book of Galatians. And that is the issue was not if you should follow the Torah and believing in the God of Israel and seeking to follow after him and his ways and his kingdom. But the issue was how to properly follow that Torah. And so that which Yeshua did and lived and taught his disciples was in contrast to what the rabbis in Pharisaic Judaism was teaching the people. And so there's a conflict between the Torah of Yeshua and the Torah of the rabbis. And what did the Torah of Yeshua look like? Well, to begin with, Yeshua gave the Torah, and then we are to study and read and understand the written Torah or the Word of God. And since Torah and the Word of God are synonymous terms, that the narrow definition of Torah or the Word of God is the first five books. But the broad meaning of the instructions of God is Genesis to Revelation, because the entire Bible from Genesis to Revelation contains the instructions or the Torah of God. That Yeshua's Torah is, we're to take the written texts, and that written text is to be written upon our heart and our minds. And that's what the New Covenant is. Jeremiah chapter 31 verse 33. Hebrews chapter 8 verse 10. The New Covenant is the Torah written upon our hearts. Well that's going to conclude part 3 of the series on the subject Galatians for or against Torah. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen.